Welcome back to Teaching with the Body and Mind. I'm here with Ross. Hi, Tom. And Joey. Hello. And Mike. Hey. Today, um, I'd like to I'd like to wax a little philosophical, if that's okay with you guys. I've been thinking a lot. Well, first of all, I'm reading a book called The Informed Vision by by a man named David Hawkins. Ah. David Hawkins is a educational philosopher. He was actually one of the first people to get a MacArthur Genius Award around with the first, another first was Howard Gardner. They were in the same class. And he started out as a scientist, uh, but his wife worked in early childhood. And so he got really interested in education and early education. Um, so I've been reading his book. Actually, I've read it three or four times. And he always talks about children being able to make meaningful choices. When you say he always talks about it, it might be because you're rereading it over and over. It could be, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but it's in several places in okay. the book. All right, so, okay. Um, so, 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 yeah, that exponentially. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it gets me thinking, well, what is a meaningful choice for children? Uh, and I'm looking at some of the things that I've built in watching kids play with those apparatus in the sensory table. And I'm wondering, what constitutes a meaningful choice? Well, does he give an explanation of what he means when he says that? I'm not clear on that. Okay. I'm not clear on that. Because what he says is you have to provide lots of choices for children mm -hmm. in in provisions. And as they choose to explore and experiment with these uh, provisions, they're making meaningful choices. When, right. you say, when you say provisions, are you like, is he referring to materials? Yeah, like, materials. For okay. instance, um, he, 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 he was teaching about a pendulum. And what he did for the first three or four weeks was just give pendulums to the children right. to play with. Mm -hmm. And only after did he talk about, in a scientific way, what the kids were actually doing and learning. Right, right. He, he was adding the abstractions. Right. We tend to add the abstractions first yep. mm -hmm. instead of giving kids the provision. Well, it's interesting, too, because that goes to Jill Connell, who wrote A Moving Child as a Learning Child, has a similar way of talking about, like the way she explained it is, in early childhood, they often say A is for apple. So, but that's not true. Apple is for A, because you learn about an apple first, and you eat an apple, and you throw an mm -hmm. apple, and you, you do all these things with all apples. the properties of and the And then apple. later... When you're whatever, six, seven, you want to write about an apple, then you need to know what letter it starts with. And so mm -hmm. she has a similar, Reverse I think, concept. Yeah, that yeah. idea that it's the thing so, first or the action first and then. I guess I'm a little stuck on what's, what would what would a not meaningful choice be? Yeah, do children and, not and do how, children make uh, choices that are not meaningful? I mean, it's, and what you mm -hmm. can control as a teacher is what you're offering them. And the fact that you're giving them a choice seems to me that it would naturally be meaningful because you're giving them a choice. Unless you're giving the children false choices as a teacher. So um, what would a false choice yeah. be? Um, what would have, I don't know. I never gave any. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you do, know, do you, you want to put you, your shoes on in one minute or two minutes? Exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, if teachers right. do it all sure. the time. And they, give they, these, yeah. they, they give okay. these false choices. It's really not a choice. You, you, we're going outside. You have to put your shoes on. And instead of trying to make it sound like a choice, mm -hmm. right? 
at some point in time there aren't there isn't a choice and you have right. to be very clear right. about that yeah and I, and I would say though at the same time that there are times to give children those like choices I think especially of toddlers when it's like they do have to get out of their messy diaper do you want to you know do it here or here or do you want me to do it or do you want Tom to do it you know like but I would argue that's a real choice and then so therefore that might be allowing them to make a meaningful choice Right, because right? like let's say yeah. it's you or Tom. Well, I might care who I want. Well, yeah. to do my to my, do my yeah. diaper. My, I mean, yeah. Just I, I guess I'm just I'm, I am sort of. But in that with that example again, is that isn't the choice to the or the meaningful aspects of it are to help the toddler realize I'm not clean. I need to clean up. So as I grow more independent, this is what I need to do. Right to do it. So we're in a sense, it's that seed planting of this is what's going to be right. coming later not that they're fully aware of that but it's that so then it'd the, be important the, that statement of well we do have to take you out of that diaper because it's dirty and you right. know whatever. we need to keep your body healthy yeah, yeah. You, it's gonna you're gonna feel more right. comfortable so like, the choice is more just to help them through that but the right so that's not an example in this sense of the meaning but i often think about this is one with toddlers i think you're because you mentioned your apparatuses the ideas of like kids when there's a hole, they have to put things in it. And when, you know, and then if they can't reach it, then they find something to stick in there and, you know, use a tool like a plunger or whatever to get things. And those types of choices seem to be like they have meaning, even though they're, and maybe this is what you're getting at. It I, seems I, like they just have this drive to like physically, it's not going through. Right, right. Or I want to. <laughs> so I was coming around after looking at a bunch of different uh, videos and pictures that I switched it around <laughs> instead of. Uh, children, children were making choices that were meaningful. So they would choose to do something, and then it would create a meaning for them. Yeah, I was going to so say create instance, would be the you, word I use. When you pour, when you pour uh, a material down a tube, you're starting to learn about the properties of that material and the properties of the tube. Right. And so that has some meaning. There's, they're, they're creating their meaning. So you're creating meaning through the choices. Through not... the choices, through the action, yes. But isn't this just inherent in mm-hmm. in human development? I guess I'm, I'm a little, like, I, is he cautioning people, don't stop kids because they're pretty much always going to be doing something meaningful. You just have to watch for what the meaning is. Because maybe they're going to dump your puzzle on the floor, or all of them, in mm-hmm. one pile, and you're going to go, oh, that's... That's just, you don't understand puzzles. That's messy. Stop doing that. But if you take a step and look, oh, they're just figuring out emptying something. Um, I mean, so I guess I'm, I'm sort of questioning what, what the, what, don't kids just do this? And kids, we, kids will do this and they'll do it. Even, even if you offer them stupid choices, they're going to find meaning. Right? Well, and they're, uh, I don't know. No. Sometimes if, if the adult is the one providing the meaning, Mm-hmm. Rather than the children, mm-hmm. if you have a very strict classroom, or you don't, there aren't times in which children are given time and space to make choices. Then they don't. Then they're not practicing making meaning. So is it's the meanings being imposed upon them by so the glue t- this puffball exactly. on the penguin. Now you have a penguin. Right. And now, yeah, and we've and, and that's not a choice. Penguins. Right. Even if even if, I mean, a child might make some choices like not really put the puffball where the right. eye is but where the right. tail is so, or they so, might just so rub the puffball don't delude their yourself yeah. into thinking now you've taught about penguins because right. you've had them glue the puffball onto the stomach mm-hmm. of the 
cut of the illustration of a, mm-hmm. of a penguin or something mm-hmm. like that. So is this Piaget talked about when you that makes teach a child something, you prevent them from discovering it? Is that a mm. like a different way of a similar idea, or is that? It's a similar. It's a similar idea. You I know, mean, I can see a little difference. I, but, you know, mm-hmm. I think we fool ourselves into thinking sometimes we are giving kids choices. Yeah. And I, and I'm, I'm specifically thinking about in the realm of consumerism. So, for mm-hmm. instance, my granddaughter loves Moana. She loves Barbie. Does she have a choice? I mean, when you got a Moana, when you got a Barbie, there's those are kind of scripted kinds of things, mm-hmm. because you'll see a TV, you'll see a TV ad, mm-hmm. and it'll look so inviting for a child right. to be able to animate that because they see it animated there, but it's actually really kind of prescribed, prescribed, as right. opposed to children making meaningful decisions in a classroom about what they want to do and how Mm -hmm. they want to do it, when they want to do it. So, I mean, are we just having a fancy conversation about open-ended? Well, that's my, that was what I was thinking is it seems like there's the idea of create those provisions that are referred to in the book, having those open-ended materials that allow for, or that foster the inherent curiosity and discovery that young children have inside of them. So I think it's that it's those are the provisions. It's create it's it's making space where those opportunities can take place, and I think that was my where I was as the discussion was going. Like, well, I think I've been hearing more about programs that use movie time to just like or having screen time where mm-hmm. you're just playing the games where it's just real mindless. I think not that those are bad choices ever. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like that's far more closed. It's like getting the toy that only does that one thing when you push the button mm-hmm. and you just keep pushing the button and it, the light keeps going on and it there's nothing else. And when we have a, a block center where the blocks can be anything, well, now children can start, they're starting to make meaning and now they're tapping into these other areas of their brain to start telling stories, to start showing what they understand. And the the Moana Barbie storylines, I think, at at for at the at the base level, yes, you're gonna probably act out the characters doing these things, but if you have them for so long, you either go, I can only do this story because this is the only thing, or you get bored of that story, and now Moana goes right. into your couch, and now she's spelunking for the treasure. I was gonna say, I can cushions. say from personal experience that my sister and I, like Barbie, did not follow any scripted yeah, you, story you pretty quickly. And, you know. You know. Did you watch TV? Did you I see the commercials? A, I watched the commercials. Okay. I watched a lot right. of TV, but you know, I feel like, uh, yeah, definitely we had the adventures. We had the Jeep too, and the Jeep was going to be driving off a cliff. And, and I the, think, but I do lava. think it's how the adult, how the adult kind of interprets what the kid is doing. Because I mean, it, it, to your point about the scriptedness, it's possible that the adult just you sit down, sit down to play Moana with your kid or whatever, and you're right. just going off the script or i mean i don't think anyone really would stop a child from playing creatively with a moana doll but i mean but there are there I, you know to ross's point about like that there's some things that just you're guiding them to, to this kind of closed-ended outcome like no this is the only way mm-hmm. oh don't don't remember barbie's only friends with ken or whatever um and skipper that's okay skipper that's the one i couldn't remember <laughs> i think there's many others yeah <laughs> you know but but the adult can can have a role to play in giving the idea that 
there is only one way versus... In a way, just the adult backing up. Yeah. <clears throat> Maybe all that... It and looking means. for what the mm-hmm. meaning yeah. is. I almost feel like this is an example of, because he came from outside early childhood, I feel like people who've been working with children have long figured out that open-ended toys, that blocks are the thing, are going to work better than the... You know, that... But came to the conclusion what he's doing is kind of coming with, so what's happening in the mind that why do yeah. open-ended toys mm-hmm. work or why do loose parts work? And I hear us kind of talking about of like, well, I mean, just working with kids for 25 years, like, of course they... They can only th- do a closed-ended thing for so long. Yeah, whereas right. blocks... Before they're going to just like revolt. Still never seen kids right. do the same thing. Or, you know, I mean, right. well, that's not totally true. We definitely have kids who follow schema. So, yep. so but I don't know. Let, let, me, let me kind of do a, a, a left turn here. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of the adults uh-huh. and yeah. how they choose things. So, for instance, in curriculum okay. matters, yeah. how, does it, how does an adult choose a curriculum? Right. And once they've chosen that curriculum, what do they do with that curriculum? Mm-hmm. I mean, it, because lots of times curriculum, if you ever go to these conferences, you'll see people f- selling lots of mm-hmm. lots of stuff. And if you're buying that, yeah. are you actually making a meaningful choice or are you just looking at the... So your curriculum is your kind of Barbie analogy in a mm-hmm. classroom. Yes. yes. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a, that's a well, fair... Because yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like that's where... That purchased curriculum feels like the safety net of the educational process. Like, well, I've got my, I've got my workbooks, I've got my plans, I've got my right. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday for September, October, November, all the way to the end of the year. And I go, but the children, you don't know what they're going to be interested right. in April mm-hmm. or May. Yeah, yeah. Right. So we have this worry that we must teach all this content or we must get to this next workbook page so we can stay on track when the kids don't care about the doing seeds and flowers. They're more interested in the bugs that are underneath the rocks and sticks on the playground. We could still talk about life cycles. We could still get in there, but if we're going to honor the, the, the curiosity, and this is where it goes back to the inherent sense of what is inside of all of us, Children want to discover. They're not mm-hmm. going to be bored by learning new things, especially when they're early on. I think where the children, where I see children getting bored, especially as we get into older, uh, the older aspects of early childhood into kind of first, second, third grade, is because they're just waiting to be told the next thing. Yeah. The the curiosity is the curiosity rug has been pulled out from underneath them. Like, well, just do what I say so you can get this score. And now we're going from divergent to convergent thinking. Mm-hmm. So just get the right answer. And that's how we're going to assess rather than, wow, what are you curious about? Pendulums? Yeah, that would be probably mm-hmm. one day of one week's curriculum in the package. But it might the, be happening in October. And so, exactly. So, so a teacher, a, t- a teacher might not have a choice of what curriculum they right. they can use. That's right. also true. But they still have choices. Yes. To make sense of it for themselves and to make sense of it for the children. Mm-hmm. You know, I was comparing the choices that children make and, and adults make, mm-hmm. and we, I think we have to figure out what are the meaningful choices mm-hmm. instead of just accepting what comes to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, I saw it so many times in our program. This is what you're supposed to. You, this is where you're, this is what you're supposed to right. teach this week, and then mm-hmm. the next week, then the next week. Right. <laughs> so there's one ex, one. So Ann Epstein wrote the last high school curriculum. I think there's a new one coming out in a year or two. But she talked about it as the learning comes from child initiative, 
and like the sort of curriculum goals. So there are curriculum mm-hmm. goals about like experimenting, making predictions, testing predictions. And like mm-hmm. eventually kids will do that. What they, how they make those predictions, the child is going to be based on the child initiative. So, right. you know, that's where the teacher is the one who introduces materials or sees a kid create a pendulum out of something they found on the playground. That's where loose parts really help. Mm-hmm. So from her perspective, you would, you, you one without the other doesn't make any mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. In right. some ways it seems to be mm-hmm. right. kind of what you're talking about. And, and the teacher still has a, ch- uh, is still having an influence and a choice by the, the materials yeah. that they're choosing to to put out. If you put out a lot of um, marbles or balls, kids are probably going to explore motion. I mean, they might find other ways to explore motion. They're going to find other things in your room. They're going to roll other things that they find or, or throw them. I don't mean, you know, if they're curious, to, mm-hmm. young kids curious to explore are going to do all of these things. But, you know, you certainly choose materials that, that might lend themselves to a certain topic. Now, I'm giving away my bias that I think that so much of sort of lesson planning and curriculum comes from the environment. That's just mm-hmm. where I'm mm-hmm. pretty far over on that end of the continuum. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's people who probably follow curriculums that they're more that it's coming from a, a particular lesson on a particular mm-hmm. day. So I mean, that's just, right. that just belies my bias. But I do think that you're still making choices about the, I mean, going all the way back to sort of agreeing with this guy, you are making choices about what you put out that they will lend themselves to certain kinds of exploration. That said, they will also just investigate even if you have the most boring materials in the world they're right. gonna, and, then, they're go- and then are you as a teacher going to say that's not how you use that exactly or are you going to let oh, them oh you are telling me that you want to explore motion because you are throwing that mm-hmm. yes yeah. you know well, and i think and that's where if from a profession if we're giving that mindset or that those tools to the teachers to these new teachers coming into the field to say be open you 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 will know more than the children you're working with, right. but you don't have to tell them what right. it is because as we were yeah. saying, mm-hmm. if I teach you it, then you you have missed the joy of discovery. Mm-hmm. And so if we are always giving them the things, I think that's where we're seeing children now. We're just like, when they come into the, my college class, like, just tell me what to do. Right. I'll do it. But there's no joy in discovery. It's like, I, I want you to think back and feel what it's like to discover something. Is that a, is that a choice? Is that a choice I'm making? You do it for me? Right. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. You, you tell me what to do. Right. But it's also what mm-hmm. they're used to. So I'm not mm-hmm. very, I'm an outsider to Reggio, like the mm-hmm. Reggio approach, whatever. Mm-hmm. But in a way, provocation, isn't that kind of the idea? Mm-hmm. Is that you're introducing materials or questions mm-hmm. that aren't telling the child what to do necessarily, but you're kind of trying to get them to... Show you what they're interested in. Show which you what they're interested in. Act and you know, which like, any standard sort of like lesson plan. If you have yeah. to go to school and write up a lesson plan, hopefully is right. having a little bit of an intro yeah. of yeah. like, hey, we're talking about penguins. What do you guys sure. already know, right? What do you right. want to know? Right. I mean, hopefully a good lesson plan is not yeah. just starting with. And is provocation just a really bad translation for the <laughs> Reggio thing? Because it just mm-hmm. seems like what people mean in America, at least with provocation. It's like almost like it's the, just, yeah, I it's, it's just an introduction. It's not yeah, it's not pro, like provo- my well, to detour. It's not provoke like annoy, right? You know? Yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's and, still, and it's I, I kind of asked that brain. kind yeah. of knowing the answer, but yeah. at the same time thinking, but what is a better term? Because I don't right. really invitation, right. invitation. I okay. like invitation. I like that. Yeah. 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 Well, it's sort of like I'm sure Hawkins. I know Hawkins is a is a smart man with a lot of interesting things to say. But yes, when you're like talking about like meaningful choices like again it's he's i agree with mike he's kind of just describing kids in sort of flowery language i don't know i I mean it's really been a kind of a philosophical knot for me Uh and uh, i'm still not sure 
I understand it. So if yeah. you guys let me think about it a little bit more, I might come and come revi- back. Yeah, yeah. revisit it. Mm-hmm. And maybe we can make even more meaning out of it. I don't know. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Th- yeah. thanks for engaging me yeah. in this little discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Teaching with the Body and Bond. We'll be back again next week with another episode. Music is by Big Wheel Popcorn. Teaching with the body and mind? But what is the mind? Well, it's the body. Are they, aren't we all just minds and bodies? We're all just stardust, man. <laughs> <laughs>